Insights into the elements of process safety, the only process safety podcast where each week industry professionals discuss their hands-on experiences and industry-tested solutions of the 14 PSM elements. Brought to you by Smith & Burgess, the trusted process safety advisor to the world's leading companies. Hello, this is Keith Farrell with Smith & Burgess for your PSM podcast for the week. This week's topic is Emergency Planning and Response, EPR. EPR is an interesting thing. It requires us to work with people outside the plant. It requires us to respond to situations. It requires us to plan for events that we may never see or I hope we never see. So the thing I say about EPR is practice, practice, practice. Now the requirements are as tabletops and once a year local assist. These are opportunity for us to train our people to do the right thing. Now this training needs to be done on a non-stressful situation because training and learning occurs faster with non-stressful situations. The other thing is a well-planned training. I do like the tabletops. These are quick. These are easy. These are good. The use of EPR, EPR can check your operating procedures for your, your shutdown procedures to make sure they're correct and everybody understands how to do them. It's also a good time to make sure that your EPRs and your procedures for those are in the right place in the right format. The thing I always worry about with emergency response and planning is that sometimes your procedures are on computers. If you lose power to your system and you lose your computers, how are you going to look at your procedures if you need to? Because as discussed earlier, that procedures need to be in a format that operators can use. So you need to have the procedures available either in a binder or a book or a tablet or something so they can have access to them in loss of power. But EPR is one of those things which is fun because it's fun to come up with scenarios. I like to throw in a basic scenario that people will see. We do have shutdowns. We do have emergency situations. We do have abnormal operations that need to be worked on. And also throw in some other things. Once in a while you need to have emergency situation that police or fire departments have to come in. Um, We had one we planned. We had a bomb on the site. In today's environment that is quite a possibility. A disgruntled employee or someone doing an activity against you. How do you deal with this? How do you respond with the police? How do you work with the police? Where do you send your personnel when the police show up? These are all important criteria that you need to have worked out ahead of time with your police department. So your emergency response and planning people need to work with the police, your hospitals, your EMTs, your ambulance services to make sure that all these things are set up ahead of time. The one thing I like to use is that those sites who are a PSM who have to do RMP, your RMP analysis gives you some events that are pretty impossible basically. Your blast radius, your toxic release, your fire cases all give extremes of what actually could happen at your site. Now I say these extremes have value to you for this op- for this element. These extremes give you limits of the worst case scenario that can ever happen. So on your blast modeling you get a, a blast model that says it's this many feet out or even a mile out from your site. This is where you define where you're going to put and stage personnel to keep them from being encompassed in any other event. It also tells you how far out you need to make sure that personnel and receptors outside of the plant are told about events that need to be re- need response. 
this has great value in your staging process because if you have a fire at the plant you don't want to stage the fire department where they could actually put themselves in danger too and if you have an explosion you want to make sure that any other event that may happen could keep would hurt your responders this was seen in the Texas City um, the first Texas City explosion of the ammonia tanker that blew up the, the, the explosion occurred it killed all their emergency response people in the area and no one else was left to respond to all the injuries that occurred this is a thing that we want to avoid so in this emergency planning response you need to make sure that your planning and your practice coincide with events that could occur and events that may not occur plus you need to put in some fun events every now and then just to kind of shake things up they enjoy this so when you're looking at emergency response and planning think of your worst case your best case and your medium cases all at all times the last thing I'd like to leave with you is to think about this access routes do you have a major road going by you when do you shut it down how do you shut it down and who goes and shuts down the road who do you call to respond I've had plants that had roads go through the plant I've had plants that roads go by the plant and if you have a release of some type when do you shut the road down how do you notify people is the road shut down part of your emergency system so that you have flashing lights or gates that come down and tell people to evacuate the area immediately because a road right by the plant may be impacted very quickly this is things that we need to consider about the public thank you for listening to the Smith and Burgess PSM podcast this is Keith Farrell and I'll be talking to you next week Thank you for listening to Smith & Burgess's Insights into the Elements of Process Safety. Visit smithburgess.com for more process safety white papers, case studies, presentations, and of course, podcast episodes.